0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Read Aloud. You're welcome to move up. It's a little bit noisy in the rest of the cafe today, so um, I want you to be able to hear the wonderful program that Jerry Greenberg has prepared for us, and I'll let him introduce it to you.
1: Okay, thank you, Donna. Is that good? Okay. Okay, I'm I'm reading today uh, about a um, Korean uh, marathon runner who was uh, uh sometimes referred to as the Korean Jesse Owens. Uh he was the winner of the marathon race at the uh, 1936 Berlin Olympics. And those of you who are familiar with uh, that time period might uh, remember that uh, this was uh, the first uh, world stage for uh, Adolf Hitler and the Nazi Party and they were um their aim was mainly to prove the uh, superiority of the so-called Aryan race uh... in the Olympic competition Um, as a result um, uh, they did succeed in uh, in winning a a great deal of medals uh, because they had a system very much uh, similar to what the Soviet Union had later where they produced athletes on a factory system it was a really high priority propaganda item but someone like Jesse Owens uh, product of Ohio State University see the applause Uh, gave the lie to a lot of uh, this propaganda by winning uh, a host of medals and also capturing the affection of uh, a large cr- amount of the crowd at the Berlin Olympics um, lesser known was uh, uh, this Korean uh, athlete named uh, Son Ki-chung who was um, uh, the winner of the marathon race uh, he was, um, his name is still not known in uh, Olympic annals today because he was forced to run under the Japanese flag and also to use the Japanese version of his name, which was Kitty Song. Uh, and after, uh, what is it now, 64, 73 years, we've they, uh, still been unsuccessful in getting the Olympic Committee to change the record to reflect the fact that his name was, uh, was Song Ki Chong and not Kitty Song. Um, he did uh, win the uh, marathon race, and his um, countrymen finished third. Uh, they all, on the, um, um, on the award stand, they uh, protested this situation uh, by uh, deliberately covering up the Japanese rising sun symbol that they were forced to wear on their uniform, and this is reminiscent of uh, what happened in 1968 when in the Mexico City Olympics, when uh, John Carlos and Tommy Smith, two American sprinters, uh, raised their hand in a black power salute to protest what was going on racially in the United States at that time after the assassination of uh, Martin Luther King. Um, so really, you had a, a situation where um, calls to mind both Jesse Owens and and the um, uh, the protest later on of uh, of um, Tommy Smith and John Carlos. What I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to read first a, a passage from um, the Olympic Marathon book, which is uh, the history of um, all the Olympic marathon races um, by David Martin and Roger Glynn. Now I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to. Uh, read the entire uh, section on the race because this is a two-hour and twenty-nine-minute foot race, and as you can imagine, it gets kind of tedious to say what was going on at mile one and two. <laughs> in fact, my, when I watch the marathon, my son says like watching paint dry. But to me, I, it's very interesting because I used to run these things, so and now he does too, even though he doesn't like to run. That's another story. Um, but um, I'm going to read to the end when uh, the race finishes in the uh, Olympic uh, Stadium and at the in the 26th mile mark. The uh, runners have to circle the stadium once to finish the race, and the, there's a huge crowd waiting in the stadium. Whereas most of the races on the roads where it is thinly populated, uh, and I'll, I'll read about what happens when he enters the stadium, and then I have um, I have several journalistic accounts of uh, song Kyung-chong's life. Um, one is on the 50th anniversary of his uh, a marathon race, and uh, a couple others are in the um, 1988. Um, um, in the year 1988 when uh, the Olympics came to Korea and he was able to get a measure of redemption by being uh, one of those who carried the torch in the uh, ceremony, carried the Korean flag and uh, I'll finish up in 1992 when he at the age of 80 he traveled to the Barcelona Olympics and saw one of his protégés uh, win the uh, Barcelona Marathon in 1992. Um, so uh, it's was, it was really a story of, uh, of um, oppression and redemption sort of a classic... Um, uh, uh, situation um, played out in uh, the Olympics. Okay, uh, an estimated 100,000 people had jammed the stadium on this final afternoon of athletics it was at the Berlin Olympics, not only to see the marathon but an outstanding program of track and field finals as well. At 5:25 p.m., the 4 by 400 meter relay event was being contested. With bedlam raining as spectators cheered, a world-record time of 39.8 seconds. It was their last chance to see America's Jesse Owens, who led off, passing to Ralph Metcalf. Foy Draper and Frank Wyhoff added two more quick laps to give the team a victory by 15 yards. Now, amid the stadium uproar, came the sound of bugles. They announced the arrival at the west end of the stadium of Kitei Sun, Song Ki Chung. Um, and the crowd cheered wildly once again emerging from the marathon tunnel but with 150 meters to reach the standard track van finish line. Sone looked almost like a sprinter as he bowed his legs, covered the final 100 meters in 13.3 seconds for a time of 2:29:19, 2 hours, 29 minutes, and 19 seconds. I might add that um, uh, for someone who is physically fit, to run one six-minute mile is a great achievement. It's a standard of, of uh, fitness that a lot of people aspire to. Um, when you're running a marathon in two hours and 29 minutes, you are running 26 consecutive five-minute miles, which, if you think about it, is almost like an inhuman level of fitness. And the people who win the races today do this in uh, a little over two hours, which is something like a four-minute hour 4 minute and 40-second mile repeated 26 consecutive times. So so this is uh, quite an achievement. Uh, Ernie Hopper of England was 600 meters behind, and so the two never on the stadium track together. Hopper uh, and his, uh, his teammate uh, Sun Yang Nam, also of uh, Korea, who is running under the name Sor Yu Nan, uh, the Japanese version. Um, uh, wh- however, were only briefly finished. On, on, we're only briefly on the track at the same time, finishing 19 seconds apart. Sun's remarkable victory made him the first Olympian under two hours and 30 minutes at the Olympic Games. This was Japan's first Olympic gold medal. And it was um, Sohn's third sub-230 marathon. Uh, Ernie Harper's magnificent personal best ranked, uh, was, was uh, the best of his career. At the post-race press conference, it became clear that Sohn understood some English, for he and Harper had a conversation uh, during the race. And Sohn reported uh, through an interpreter that much of the credit for my victory, you must go to Harper of England. Uh, from the time we started, he kept telling me not to worry about the leader Juan Zabala of Argentina, but to let him run himself out, and that's what happened. The early leader took such a, a fast pace that he was unable to maintain it through the whole race, and both Harper and Sohn were able to run him down and, and finish ahead of him, uh, which is pretty common in a marathon where you need to pace yourself over the 26 miles. If you consider if you uh, consider five-minute miles pacing yourself, it's another matter. Uh, the book also. Um, uh, includes a comment on on Kitei Sun, as they called him. They say he was born in uh, uh, Sinujiu, a small poverty-burdened farming and lumbering village along the Yalu River in what is now the Democratic People's Chinese border. It was and still is one of the most primitive regions of Asia. Uh, The modernizing influence of the Japanese rule had not reached these hinterlands, and the locals were scarcely aware of the Olympic Games at all. It was just those rugged hills in that wooded, mountainous region that toughened toughened some for... Uh, into a formidable competitor. He earned his gold medal at the young age of 22 years. He achieved early success on the track over distances from 800 meters through 5,000 meters, and when he turned his attention to the marathon, he won his first three races. They were all in Seoul over a probably short course, and the first two were national championships. In 1935, he ran seven marathons, four in Seoul and three in Tokyo, and his November World Best performance put him on a high list of media favorites in Berlin. He remains the only athlete to have won an Olympic marathon as the reigning world record holder. Hannes Kolemann's Antwerp gold became the world's fastest performance, and Johnny Hayes set the world best at the inaugural 49.195 kilometer distance. After the Berlin Olympics, uh, Sohn retired, having won 10 of his 13 marathons in a short but superb career. They do make note also of, uh, of the protest on the um, medal stand. Um, this They is, title this is a titleist, uh, section, From Silent Protest to Highest Honor. Uh, the Olympic movement has traditionally emphasized individual athlete or team participation with the goal of performance excellence itself without national identification. Tallies of which a geo- geopolitical entity wins the most medals have largely been a media creation. And today we see that all the time. We want to know which country won the Olympics. Uh, but the Olympic movement doesn't, uh, has never really uh, valued that type of uh, View. They, it's more been an individual or team achievement. Uh, any, uh, uh, NOC course, uh, um, any NOC, of course, is very proud when members of its delegation earns medals, and national pride earns very high when citizens see one of their own reach the victory stand. Athletes themselves take pride in wearing their nation's colors and emblem on the competition vest. Song Ki-chung was such an athlete, an intensely proud Korean. Few could identify with the depths of his emotions in having to endure competing under Japanese colors with a name different from his own. Uh, On the Olympic stand, um, Sohn and his countrymen bowed their heads as the Japanese anthem was played while they they were on the podium. As Sohn later told reporters, this was not in reverence to the flag or the anthem, but in polite but silent shame and outrage that their nation lived under the Japanese domination, which it had since 1910. The next day, in the in the major Seoul daily newspaper, the victory uh, dais photo had been retouched, with the Japanese rising sun removed from Song's sweatshirt. Japanese authorities in Korea were furious and took action against the newspaper, by, by reportedly jailing some of its employees and forcing the newspaper to suspend publication for nine months. Um, today, we say this would be uh, um, they they really airbrushed the uh, the, the um, symbol of Japan out, uh, you know. Um, today it can be done very easy, easily digitally, and, uh, and is and we alter photos all the time, but this was a little more difficult then. Uh, the duel between Son and Ernie Harper was such an epic battle that the two athletes were brought back to Berlin the following Olympic Games so that the famed cinematographer Leni Riefenstahl could recreate parts of the race for her cameras. She had already exposed 250 miles of film shooting all 136 competition events using an 80-person film crew during the Berlin Olympics. These additional inserts helped her make her film Olympia, a classic sports documentary. Of course, Seon had to wear his Japanese team uniform again, and it pained him immeasurably. Uh, Seon retired after the Berlin Games and was appointed manager of Korea's developing marathon athletes. He had to wait until the end of World War II for Korea to regain its independence. Time has a habit of healing wounds, and for Seon as well as for all Koreans, 1988 brought something very special. Uh, one of the most poignant moments in marathon history during this first modern Olympic century came at the opening ceremonies of the Seoul Olympic Games in 1988. Uh, now 73 years old, Song Ki-chung ran into the stadium carrying the Olympic flame. 52 years after becoming Olympic champion, at last he was running on an Olympic track wearing his Korean colors. The 88,000 spectators filling the Olympic stadium were completely surprised and rose to their feet to give the prolonged applause. Seemingly taking energy from these emotions, uh, Kee, uh, Sohn, weeping with immeasurable joy, ran so proudly and vigorously that he looked almost as young as in Berlin. Few in attendance will forget it. All right, I'd like to read a few uh, journalistic accounts of, uh, of Sohn's life, and two of them are from the New York Times. Uh, one is from the Christian Science Monitor and one from uh, the uh, San Diego Union-Tribune. Um, this first one is from uh, Clyde Haberman on the 50th anniversary of um, Sohn's achievement. It's called uh, Truly a Sports Hero. Uh, it has been 50 years since a Korean marathoner named Sohn chung captured the gold medal at the Berlin Olympics. Even now, Sohn says, he can feel the jubilation and agony of that moment. His agony was that he had to climb onto the victory stand with the flag of Japan emblazoned on his jersey. His country was then under Japanese colonial rule. The anthem played in the Berlin Stadium was Japan's. Uh, The name that went into the record books was the Japanese version that had been forced on him, Kitei Son. There have been a flurry of retrospectives concerning the 74-year-old recently. This was on October 13, 1986, two years before the uh, Korean Olympics. And this this, uh, flurry of recent activity was fed by the Asian Games in Seoul, South Korea, and the capital's frenzied preparations for the 1988 Summer Olympics. Last month, the West German government gave him an ancient Greek helmet commemorating his gold medal. On August 9th, the anniversary of his race, officials in Culver City, California, rededicated a monument bearing a roster of Olympic marathon winners. At the urging of the Korean community in Los Angeles, the name Kite Son, Japan, was replaced on the roster with Song Ki-chong, Korea. I was even happier at that ceremony than at the Olympics, because my Korean nationality and my name were restored," said Song. To Koreans ruled by Japan from 1910 to 1945, uh, it was humiliation that still haunts. They were considered by Tokyo to be Japanese. Their language was banned for official matters, and they had to take Japanese names. Against that backdrop, Song had inadvertently became a national hero, and remains so today because of his foot race. Unknown to him then, several reporters for a prominent Korean newspaper, dong a Ilbo, airbrushed the Japanese flag from his jersey on the front page picture. Uh, the Japanese authorities, angered by this burst of national fervor, jailed the reporters for six months and shut the newspaper for nearly a year. The incident has become almost legend in South Korea, and as Sohn sees it, he played a role in the journalist's defiant act, even from afar. Uh, He has had held strong, emotional, anti-colonial beliefs and has shown them through small actions as refusing in training sessions to wear shirts bearing the Japanese flag or other insignia. According to Sohn, the newspaper followed my lead. In later years, Sohn became a businessman but with no great success. His real occupation all along has been to play the hero's role. He is now a member of the Korean Olympic Committee and he lives in a simple Seoul apartment a few miles from the large sports complex where in two years South Korea will be hosting the Summer Olympic Games. He pulls out old clippings and photo albums for visitors, reminding them, and maybe himself too, that Korean children still learn about Song Ki-chong in their history classes. Everybody knows about what happened, he said proudly. Those who don't know are not Korean. Uh, I might add that um, uh, during the race, during the um, uh, 1936 Olympics, the Ameri- one of the American runners uh, was uh, among the leaders for uh, the first 18 miles. His name was Ellison Brown. They called him Tarzan Brown. He was a Narragansett um, uh, American Indian, and he had won the Boston Marathon in 1936 and was going to win it again in 1939. Um, he had a dropout at the 18th mile with a leg cramp, and one of the uh, spectators, who was totally unknown to him, uh, helped him massage the cramp, and he intended to go on running after that. However, an Olympic official saw he received assistance during the race, and he was immediately disqualified. So, uh, Actually, the story of Tarzan Brown will make another good read-aloud maybe at another time. <laughs> so, um, he was an interesting character. Uh, next selection is from the Christian Science Monitor of September 15, 1988, uh, and it's entitled The Sweet and the Bitter, A Korean Story of Olympic Gold. Uh, by Daniel Snyder, a staff writer for the Christian Science Monitor. And he reports that uh, Song Ki-chung was the first Korean ever to win an Olympic gold medal. But his marathon victory in the 1936 Olympics games brought uh, triumph and sadness. The medal was won for Japan, then the colonial ruler of Korea. Today he is fighting to credit the medal to his nation and holds a place of honor as the Olympics open in Seoul. The greatest moment in Song Ki-chung's life is also the saddest. At his time of triumph, Mr. Son was a completely unknown Korean marathon runner who had never competed outside his native land. Actually, he had competed in Tokyo, so that's not true. Uh, He astonished experts at the 1936 Berlin Olympics, winning the race in record time to become Korea's first Olympic gold medalist. But in the Olympic record books, the name of the winner of the the Berlin Games is not his, and the victor's country is not listed as Korea. Son ran as a citizen of the Empire of Japan, the colonial ruler of Korea, and his victory is recorded as that of Kitty sung the Japanese name imposed by his rulers. From the day of his triumph, Son was a Korean national hero. He will occupy a place of honor at the Olympic Stadium when the 24th Olympiad opens in Seoul on Saturday. The Olympic organizers have kept the identity of the final bearer of the Olympic torch a secret, but Son may well have that singular honor. Sitting in his modest Seoul apartment on a recent summer morning, the 76-year-old Son recalled the race. I was confident I could win, but when the race started, I saw all those good runners passing me by. After I passed the 10-kilometer point, about 6.2 miles, I saw athletes dropping out of the race. So I started thinking, perhaps I can manage this race, he said. Some two miles from the finish, the Korean distance runner surged into the lead. At the moment of victory, Son was joyous four years, I trained for that goal. If I had lost, those four years would have been for nothing. That satisfaction is very difficult for someone who has never been in that situation to understand. My first time in an international event and winning it. Sohn's feeling of elation was short-lived. When I got up on the stand and the national anthem played and the flags went up, that's when I felt the sorrow of someone who doesn't have a country. If It was I, a Korean, who won the race, and yet it was Japan's national anthem and Japan's flag, he said. The young athlete was unprepared for the shock. He was ignorant of the world outside Korea. He readily admits that even the highly political overtones of the Berlin Olympics were lost to him. He was unaware of how even black American Jesse Owens' four gold medals spoiled what Adolf Hitler hoped would be a showcase of Nazi prowess. We didn't even know there was such a a thing as a medal ceremony afterwards, Sohn says, of himself and six other Korean members of the Japanese team. As the flags went up, he remembered second-place finisher Ernie Harper looking straight ahead at the British flag. But myself and the third-place winner, also a Korean, had our heads down. We were crying. It was not because of the victory. Those were genuine tears of sadness and frustration that it wasn't our victory. Sohn and his fellow Koreans tried to salvage this bittersweet win as an opportunity to express their opposition to Japanese rule. In Berlin, Sohn signed his name in Korean script and attempted to explain to mostly uncomprehending Western reporters about the occupied status of his country. Korea, a proud and ancient land, had been brought under Japanese colonial rule in 1910. The Japanese enforced a policy of suppressing even Korean culture, teaching only Japanese in the schools and forcing Koreans to use Japanese names. The victories of Sohn and the bronze medalist Nam Song yong were back, celebrated back home not as Japanese, but as a Korean triumph, Korean nationalists were careful to point out their Korean origins. Uh, the prominent newspaper, Dong Ailbo, uh, still Korean's daily, uh, leading daily, published a wire photo of Sun from which it had deliberately removed the ri- Japanese rising sun emblem on his uniform. The act of defiance became a major issue and staff members were arrested and the paper suspended from publication. Today, Sun carries himself, carries himself with a proud bearing of an athlete. He receives a modest government pension in honor of his achievement. He has served as a member of the Korean Olympic Committee. His gold medal is on public display. Still, he cannot forget. He has waged a one-man campaign, though with the support support of his country, to have his name and country of origin officially changed in the Olympic records. For legal reasons, it is unlikely he will succeed. Yet the pride which Song feels for his country's hosting of the 1988 Summer Games clearly eases his pain. In Seoul, Song Ki-chung will be fully representing his nation as an Olympic champion. Uh, the third selection I'd like to read is, um, is really my favorite. It's by uh, George Vasey, who is uh, uh, a very uh, talented writer who has written for many publications besides the uh, New York Times, for which he still works. Um, I think it's unique because he, he humanizes the event. He, uh, he takes the, uh, the facts of the matter and he turns it into a human interest story and really gives you a better picture of the person and his family and his culture. Um, it's called Carrying the Torch, and it was published September 16th, 1988. Outside the huge apartment complex, women are selling fruit and washing down the sidewalks. From an unseen apartment, a Buddhist man is chanting his midday ritual. It appears to be a blessing, a blessedly mundane day in this giant city that has sprung from the rubble. But at closer glance, there is something different about this day and this week and this year. Uh, in this p- Pacific courtyard, kind of a forest hills on the Han, A shuttle of hired cars keeps parking in front of one long building with camera crews and Korean interpreters and journalists pressing the button of one particular elevator. Korean people already know of this man who lives on the seventh floor. As a young volunteer at the Olympic Village put it the other day, he is our hero. By tomorrow, tonight in the U.S., all the world will know of the man who lives on the seventh floor. On worldwide television, they will see a 76-year-old man, sturdy and proud, carrying the Olympic flame for the last lap inside the Olympic Stadium, handing it to three youngsters for the ceremonial lighting of the torch. For 52 years, Son Ki-chung has carried the flame in his heart, seeking to undo what he considers an injustice to himself and his people. The final redress has yet to come, but he is closer than he has ever been. When the Olympic flame is carried for the final lap, all the world will be reminded that the man who won the marathon at the 1936 Olympic Games in Berlin was Sohn ki chung a Korean, not a Japanese. That is why the Japanese television crews are the greatest irony and a different kind of honor for the robust man on the seventh floor. They ask me the same questions everybody else does. He says with a smile the other day, and I give them the same answers I give everybody else. His wife. Sung Yong Suk makes coffee for everybody. A dozen pairs of shoes are placed inside the door. Uh, there are Japanese in one room, English in another, Yanks in a third. They talk about marathons. But Song Ki Chung tells his story with great delight each time, making eye contact with people speaking other tongues. His strength and joy are more rejuvenating than a kilo of Song. He has been preparing for this day for 52 years, diligently taking an hour of exercise each morning and hiking in the mountains, the National Recreation, he has been training for the last lap. Ever since Korea was chosen for the Olympics, six years have come down to one single hope and dream. This thing is for everybody. Details are known to most of the 41 million Koreans how the Japanese occupied Korea, turning it into a truck farm for their broad ambitions. They did not steal food, Son said. They took it for less than cost. He was a young dropout with great skill for endurance running. So that he could gain more competition, people had prevailed on him to enroll in high school at the age of 19 when his peers were already in college or out working. He dominated marathons in Korea and Japan, and the Japanese entered him in the 1936 Olympic Games under a Japanese name. He won the race, and standing on the pedestal in front of the world, he lowered his head in silent protest against wearing the, Jap- the rising sun on his uniform. The Japanese were not amused. He had an audition with Adolf Hitler, but could not bring himself to ask to be recognized as a Korean. When the Games ended, he chose to never run again and spent the last nine years of the occupation going to law school for a while and then working in a bank. Later, the Korean War raged up and down the peninsula. Survival was more immediate than rewriting the Olympic record book. When peaceful times came, his Olympic fan mail continued to be forwarded by Japanese associations, toward whom he holds no rancor. By now it is the system that is the problem, not the former occupiers. Son and the Korean people began raising the issue of listing him as Korean in the official records, but the International Olympic Committee, which can change eligibility rules, admit millionaire professionals, and the flash of a television contract has merely taken 52 years to do nothing about Son Ki-chung. But Son is a long-distance man. After Seoul was awarded the 1988 Games, he was invited to Los Angeles in 1984, where Peter Ubaroff and his associates honored him as one of ten athletes during the final ceremonies. He was introduced as a Korean. Among his treasures in his apartment, the gold medal that has been given to a youth organization, is a photograph of a plaque in Culver City, California, listing all the Olympic marathon winners. His nationality is engraved as Korean. He observed the number of Korean-born people in Los Angeles, and he said, I was happy to see them live so well. America is a good country. The other day, Song Ki-chung went to his closet and displayed his pale blue 1984 Olympic jacket. It is the only outfit he wears to major sporting functions, he said. um, In the opening ceremony, however, he will wear the uniform of an athlete once again. He is proud that he will turn over the flame to three young people. His race is almost over. When somebody asked if Saturday would belong to him, Song Ki-chung laughingly put up his dukes, looking more like Jack Dempsey than a marathon man. He said to the interpreter, You shouldn't even be asking that. His oriental sense of unity transformed the room. How did he think he would feel when he carried the torch around the stadium? He said, I'm already crying. The whole crowd will be in tears. But for the moment he was smiling on his way to the next room, running his long race for the recognition not of himself but of a people. Okay, the last selection I want to read is um, from the San Diego Union Tribune, and it's August 10, 1992. Uh, it's, it's about the Barcelona Olympics um, and the last one that uh, Son Ki-chung attended. Uh, it's called Korean Marathoner Wipes Out the Masquerade of 1936. In 1936, Song Ki-chung won the marathon in the Berlin Olympics. He is Korean, but when he stood on the podium, he was forced to wear a sweatshirt with the emblem of the Japanese occupiers of his country. And the Japanese flag was raised, and the Japanese anthem played. Last night, 56 years later to the day, Hwang yong Cho of South Korea won the Olympic marathon. The South Korean flag was raised, and the Korean anthem, South Korean anthem played. And standing at attention in the Stadi Olympic was a, a Korean man named Song Ki chung He is 80 years old. I am very proud, said Huang, and very moved. Sohn arrived in Barcelona the day before the marathon, traditionally the final event of the Olympics. He came because he thought Huang had a good chance to win, and he didn't want to miss it if he did. Yesterday morning, Sohn went to the athlete's village and sought out Huang. They spoke briefly, Sohn imparting these words of advice The only way you can win the race is to have mental power. Huang apparently listed, uh, listened. These are a cruel, merciless 26.2 miles. The course starts by the Mediterranean and winds its way past monuments, through ancient streets, and climbs 180 feet up over Muntagic over the final three miles. Heartbreak Hill, the legendary conclusion to the Boston Marathon, climbs about 130 feet. And the tempers as a race time were in the mid-80s. Huang stayed with the lead pack for the first half of the race, then hung on as it dwindled at mile 15, mile 17, and mile 19. At mile 20, he broke away with one other runner, uh, Koichi Morishita of Japan. The two ran side by side for the next five miles, gritting their teeth, fighting fatigue, carrying the burden of history on their shoulders. Huang said he got nervous because Morishita kept looking at him. Perhaps he would not have minded or noticed if Morishita were not from Japan. With slightly more than a mile to go, Huang became mentally powerful. The course had reached the peak on Montujic, where there was a short downhill before stretched before the final climb to the stadium Wong went Morishita did not go with him Wong crossed the line in 2 hours 13 minutes 23 seconds and collapsed his body had expended every ounce of water every molecule of oxygen and his legs were cramping severely he was removed from the track by stretcher and given a deep massage I wanted to run another lap a victory lap with the Korean flag Wong said he was 22 years old It's a shame I could not. Thirty minutes later, however, he stood on the podium, watching his flag go up a pole. Morishita was second in two hours, 13 minutes, 45 seconds, and Germany's Stefan Freigang was third. Japan's Hiromi Taniguchi, the 1991 world champion, finished eighth after falling and losing a shoe midway through the race. The top American was Steve Spence in 12th place at 2.15.21. In 1936, we won the marathon under the Japanese flag said Chung uh, Bong-soo, Hwang's 56-year-old coach. Since then, we've never won. Many times I've been asked why Japan and other nations were winning, and we weren't. I thought we just needed to be patient, and eventually we, we would win. When I heard the Korean anthem tonight, I had a lump in my throat, and tears fell from my eyes. Imagine how song felt. As a, a postscript, I might add that... Um, Uh, Song Ki-chung died at the age of 90 at midnight on November 15, 2002, from pneumonia, and he was buried at Daejeon National Cemetery. Afterwards, the Song Ki-chung Memorial Park was established.
0: to all of you for coming out and Jerry thank you especially for preparing such a nice program for us and it's a great tribute for Asian Pacific Heritage Month um, to remember these folks so thanks to the committee for choosing a great topic Um, I hope you all can come out we've got two more programs this quarter and if you're a fan of joy luck club Uh, We have two wonderful readers reading from Joy Luck Club next week, Um, Judy Wu from the History Department and Georgina Dodge, um, who's an assistant provost, and they're both really wonderful readers, so if you have some free time, you're invited to come join us, and have a good rest of your week. Thanks so much.